This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M for links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. On this episode, Dwight tells the story of growing up in the small town of Hazard, Kentucky. After high school, he attended college for a while and then worked at a Disney theme park before deciding to go back to college and finish his degree. After graduating from university, Dwight moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in acting. Soon after arrival, he booked his first audition job on a commercial, which earned him his SAG card. Thus began his journey to perfect his craft and act as often as possible. After many years in LA, he moved back to Kentucky to take care of his ailing mother, finding that he enjoyed being back home. Fortunately, he did not have to give up his acting career and worked more than ever, including a role on Chicago Fire as Dr. Mayberry. Since then, his career, like many others, has been sidetracked due to the COVID pandemic. Here is Dwight's story. Hi, I'm Dwight Turner in Louisville, Kentucky. Michael, thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. I like the title of your show, In a City Like Yours. And with my life in particular, it means something because my life is is a tale of two cities that are vastly different. So I grew up in a tiny little town, kind of in the middle of nowhere called Hazard, Kentucky. If you look it up on the map, it's in the mountains of southeastern Kentucky. And it's surrounded by these mountains. It's a very beautiful area with lakes, hills that are just completely covered with trees and uh, the people there are are sweet Um, it's a bit like Mayberry at least when I was growing up there which is an interesting little tidbit because coming full circle years later I played Dr. Mayberry on Chicago Fire so growing up in Hazard Kentucky was a very interesting experience now keep in mind when I was a kid This was before the internet was happening. So at least kids today that are are not in a larger city can access information, virtually visit places. Well, that wasn't available when I was a kid. So it was a very 
different existence. I'm happy for the way that I grew up. Did it prepare me for what was to come years later working in Los Angeles and working in the entertainment industry? No, it did not. But what it did do was ground me and uh, make me appreciate a lot of things. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Now, I, after, you know, uh, I finished, you know, grade school, high school, went to college and I got my BA in communications with a radio television emphasis. And for a while, I thought that I wanted to be a television reporter and I actually did an internship with CBS. During that time period, I realized my love for acting on, on a non-professional level. I had done uh, uh, different stage plays as a child and as a teenager and uh, discovered that, you know, I really liked it and, and uh, caught the bug at a, at a fairly early age. In fact, when I was really young, there was a point where there was a uh, television show uh, where it was a variety show. And I remembered asking my dad, how much do I have to pay to be on a show like that? And when I learned like, no, they pay you. I was completely amazed because it looked like they were having such fun. So while I was getting my degree, uh, I realized that I really, truly wanted to pursue acting. And so I finished my degree. Also, while I was in college, I did spend a semester down at uh, Walt Disney World as part of their college program. And that, as part of that college program, um, I was captain of Jungle Cruise, which allowed me to sort of have fun with my young acting abilities. And, uh, and then I also auditioned for the Main Street Electrical Light Parade. And was booked on that, but I ended up going back to college to finish. And uh, so I did not stay to do that, uh, that show. But upon finishing college and getting my degree, I immediately, the next month, moved to Los Angeles. And here is where everything really started to change for me. Because before, it was ideas that I had in my head of, of what I wanted to do, but I really didn't know how to how to achieve it. Um, now I was actually taking steps to achieve the things that I wanted to to uh, do. And uh, so I moved to Los Angeles the month after I finished at the university <laughs> and I moved with a fe fellow student that was also graduating from the university who also had an interest in pursuing acting. Now, when we moved to Los Angeles, we had an agreement that we would, no matter what, stay for a year. So that was our agreement. No matter what, we would stay for one year. He lasted a month, <laughs> which, as you can imagine, was difficult for me because I knew no one out there. And it was a complete culture shock, this new city, this new environment from the way that I grew up and what I was used to. So I was in a bit of shock in, in two different ways. One, the culture shock of Los Angeles and two, the shock of just suddenly realizing that I was on my own in a city I really knew nothing about, in an environment I really knew nothing about. So 
<clears throat> I moved from the place that we were were, were renting and I got a, um, a guest room in a home up in the Hollywood Hills. And I lived two doors from Bruce Springsteen on Fairholme Drive. I can say the name of it because he no longer owns that house. He sold it. But, uh, but what was really wonderful about that was every once in a while, he would have his window open when he would be practicing and I could hear him. And I mean, how cool is that? to be able to uh, hear Bruce Springsteen practicing like right down the street. He almost ran over me one time, by the way. I uh, was, uh, <laughs> there was a, a hairpin curve and right where uh, the house was that I w was staying at. And it was dark and I was coming across the little street there. And he was in his convertible and came barreling up the hill and slammed on his brakes. It's the only time I ever spoke to him. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, uh, and that was basically it. He was on his way. But i uh, got to say a, a word or two to Bruce Springsteen, uh, which for me at the time was a thrill because, you know, uh, I've since had the opportunity to meet, you know, quite a number of people and work with people. But back then I was just like, wow, Bruce Springsteen. So living up in the hills was was an interesting experience. And kind of helped me feel like I was getting settled into Los Angeles, which was so vastly different from Hazard, Kentucky, in almost every way imaginable. Uh, coming from a very isolated uh, town, a very isolated area, to a town that has everything and 24 hours. It, it, uh, it, it was an amazing experience. I soaked it in, just soaked it in. And I became friends with a group of actors because I, you know, was interested in pursuing this acting career, although I knew not exactly how to go about doing it. So I became friends with this group of actors and one of them had a birthday party. So I went to this birthday party and a guy came up to me at the birthday party and he said, uh, you know, are you an actor? And I I said yes, and he introduced himself, and he was my friend's agent, and he gave me his card, and he said, why don't you come in this Wednesday, and I will see if I can get some work for you. So I went in, and I talked to him that Wednesday. He signed me, and he sent me out on my first ever professional audition the end of that week, my very first professional audition, and I booked it. It was for an uh um, national commercial for a uh, product which is no longer around, but it was called Black Star Beer. And uh, so I instantly got my SAG card. Now it's SAG after back then it was just SAG. So I instantly got my SAG card and I was in the union. I got paid a really nice amount of money. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is so easy. Of course, you know, realized after a period of time that it's not all that easy uh, by any means, but it was a great and lucky way to get started. And we shot that commercial on the back lot of Universal Films. So here I am, suddenly, you know, I, I, I just moved here not that long ago from Kentucky. And here I am, uh, I'm in the union, I'm working on this commercial, and I'm filming on the back lot of Universal Studios. So uh, I was thinking to myself, wow, 
I started studying at that point with Nina Foch, who, uh, you know, if you if you know who Nina is, I mean, you know, you've seen her in, in uh, some magnificent roles in some magnificent films. And her home was a magnificent home on Rodeo Drive. I remember being so completely intimidated when I went to audition for her to to uh, study under her. I did a scene from Excalibur and the whole time I was doing it, I felt like it was such a blur and she's just sitting there watching and evidently she liked what I did because she took me on as a student and it was a fascinating experience even today looking back on that to uh, and unfortunately she's no longer with us but to be able to study under her was truly a fascinating experience because she had studied directly under some of the greats. She was very intimidating and she did not mince her words one bit. But I felt like I, I took some really good lessons from her. And at one point, oh my gosh, I remember I was doing a scene and she was very frustrated with the actress that I was doing the scene with. And so she told her to go sit down and she did the scene with me. So I actually got to do a scene with Nina, which uh, was <laughs> unforgettable. So here I am with my head in Nina's lap as we're doing this scene. And, and uh, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, she was in this film and she was in this film. Once again, you know, I was very young, very green and uh, just completely fascinated by all of all of this i used to go up to spend my weekends and i would go to santa barbara or out to palm springs or down to san diego and this was you know back in the uh back in the 90s before the traffic got so horrible that it is today where it, it's such a uh, journey to uh to drive down to san diego you can drive down to san diego pretty easily back then and, you know, it was it was for me, it was a chance to kind of balance things out, to get out of the city. And it's not like San Diego is a small town. And, you know, same same goes for Palm Springs and Santa Barbara, although Santa Barbara is a, yeah, a little bit smaller than the other two. But but it was a chance I felt to balance things, because when I was in Los Angeles, I just felt like it was just so big, so vast, so huge. Over time, I became, you know, completely used to that. But in the in my earlier years there, I mean, it, it was a chance to get away and sort of balance things out. I began doing student films and looking back on it, I am so glad that I did this because although I've received training from some really good acting teachers, Doing these student films was an amazing way to, one, learn my craft, learn how the whole process works with filming, and uh, and get paid for it. And uh, I did quite a number of projects with USC, which is one of the best film schools in the world, UCLA, Chapman, Loyola, I mean, I even did a, a film with a CSUN called Out Sorcery. And that film ended up premiering at Comic-Con 
in San Diego, we did a panel at Comic-Con and it was nominated Best Humor Film with their uh, film festival there. And that, <laughs> once again, another amazing experience because they VIP'd me and the others, the director, producer, and, and uh, another actor, um, for the entire week of Comic-Con. We went to all the parties, um, met uh, a lot of interesting people, some of who I keep in touch with to this very day. If you have ever been to Comic-Con, any of you out there who have ever been to Comic-Con, you know what an amazing experience it is. So imagine knowing nothing about Comic-Con and suddenly being thrust into Comic-Con. <laughs> it was an unforgettable experience. And I think by Thursday, I was one of the people who you would uh, see sitting down for a moment in a hallway and just nodding off for like 30 minutes because there's just so much happening constantly day in, day out throughout the entire week. I began working at Warner Brothers. And so I started out working at Warner Brothers by working with Lorimar. And this is how crazy the studio system is. So here's what happened. So I'm working for Lorimar, which is offline. And I had a problem with a, my paycheck. And I called up the guy who uh, did my paycheck. I still remember his name to this day, Bruce Gilray. Uh, nice guy. And, uh, and I was talking to him about my paycheck. And I said during the conversation, I said, you know, I said, it must be really interesting working on the lot. That must be like so much fun. And he was like, well, you know, it's he said it's a job, but it can't be a lot of fun. And and he was like, oh, you should apply for a job in payroll. They have an opening right now. And I was like, um, math is my worst subject. I don't think that would probably be the best fit for me. And uh, he said, well, you know what? He said, send me your resume. I'll give it to them. You never know what might happen. Well, what ended up happening was I got hired for payroll for Warner Brothers. So here I am. Math is my worst subject. I hate math. And I am doing payroll for one of the largest studios in the world. <laughs> and I did that for a number of years. It was a fascinating experience. Was that the uh, job I was meant to do? No, not in any way, form or fashion. But, um, it, you know, it, it was good benefits and I was on the lot and it gave me access to um, to things uh, that I would not normally have access to and helped me learn a bit about the studio system. I went on from payroll to work with Warner Brothers Entertainment. And uh, Entertainment was the uh, online destination for uh, for Warner Brothers at the time. And uh, I became an online producer, did a number of shows for uh, for Entertainment, which eventually became Warner Brothers Online. It merged with Warner Brothers Online. It, that was a roller coaster, to say the least. And I'm so happy I did it as well as the other jobs at Warner Brothers. The only thing is, though, is it took me away from my acting for a number of years because that job, especially the, uh, the job with Entertainment, took 
100% of my time, and uh, and I just was not able to uh, to pursue the acting. So there are some regrets there, but also it was a completely fascinating experience that I am certainly glad that I had, and it gave me some production experience that I might utilize in the future in addition to my acting. So stay tuned for that. I moved up to Lake Hollywood, which was a fascinating point in my life because I lived not that far away from where Madonna's home was, uh, Lake Hollywood. And I, uh, there was a VP at Warner Brothers. I ended up renting the bottom level of his home, which was uh, originally built as, as the uh, mother-in-law's uh, level. It had its own entrance and everything. Uh, great house and beautiful area. I used to walk up to Lake Hollywood and walk around Lake Hollywood to get exercise all the time, which was, a, for those of you familiar with Lake Hollywood, an absolutely beautiful walk. And, you, you know, see the most uh, you know, interesting people, you know, working in, in the entertainment industry. A lot of them would go up there to walk. And and uh, it's just just some really nice, really nice time in my life. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. Continued working. Once I left Warner Brothers, in, uh, I continued working as an actor in uh, film, television, voiceover, commercials, and, uh, and doing some stage work as, as well. And uh, getting larger roles, uh, roles outside of the, of the student projects I had been doing. Um, doing things like, you know, voiceover for Six Flags, um, uh, television uh, shows that appear on television, uh, films, uh, smaller parts in films, and just building up to bigger and bigger uh, things uh, as time progressed. Um, became friends with some very interesting people, uh, like uh, Ian McKellen, for instance, uh, who is a, a fantastic actor, and I have a great deal of respect for uh, Ian and his craft and his ability, uh, his abilities to uh, to just envelop a role. And uh, through, you know, people like Ian or uh, Bill Condon, oh my gosh, like I went to uh, Bill Condon's um, Oscar party. So I watched the Oscars from Bill Condon's Oscar party at his home. And then of course, you know, years later, Bill actually was involved with the Oscars, Oscars directly. The, the thing about it is, is, and I'm just naming a few of the, the people that I, I've gotten to, to meet and know, is that I got to experience what it's like for them. And so, you know, while I have not reached the level that that they have, it's something that if it ever did happen or ever does happen, I, f I feel like I could handle it because I've seen seen what it's like and and, uh, and experienced it through their eyes. And it's it's a very interesting life that uh, that they lead. That's for sure. I moved to the uh, the foot of the Hollywood Hills, down near the Magic Castle, for those of you who know the area. Uh, so near the Magic Castle, near Hollywood in Highland, near Man's Chinese Theater. So basically right in the middle of Hollywood. And uh, so then I used to go for my exercise and my walks all the time over at Runyon Canyon, which was another very interesting area where you would see a lot of interesting people, uh, as well as, uh, you know, Hollywood itself. Uh, which 
yeah, let, let's say I spent more time walking in the hills than I did uh, walking uh, down Hollywood Boulevard because it's it's it is very touristy and uh, can get a little little um, overbearing at times. But uh, but it, it, I had a a fantastic balcony with a fantastic view of uh, towards the ocean with beautiful sunsets every evening, those famous California sunsets. And uh, and it was it was enjoyable, uh, to say the least. I started studying with um, at Aquila Morong Studios. And that's uh, uh, Dev Aquila and Donna Morong, both casting directors who opened a uh, an actor's training school. And I learned a lot, especially from Donna. Um, two people in that class became famous after that class. Um, one is Katrina Balfi, who stars in Outlander. Um, she was also in uh, Ford versus Ferrari, as well as a number of other things. Um, fantastic. Katrina's fantastic. Love her. And uh, she, we used to work together. <laughs> and I remember she almost killed me in a car one time. She was driving and we went through an intersection and cars were coming both directions. And I was like, okay, this is it. But luckily, somehow we made it through, and uh, and she went on to uh, some really just fantastic things, and it, and it's been great watching her career just really skyrocket. The other is Clayne Crawford, who starred in the uh, television series Lethal Weapon. Um, fortunately, Clayne had um, had some issues with. Uh, with the other star of the show and uh, Warner Brothers and eventually left the show. And hopefully, you know, I know that Clayne has been doing some, uh, some, uh, some work in, uh, in recent years to kind of, kind of get him back out there. And I hope that things really, really work out well for him uh, after, after all of that. I began starring in projects and uh, I, which was, you know, a completely fascinating experience from uh, playing supporting roles in projects and enjoying the ride and every minute of it. Uh, you know, as your career grows and you get uh, more opportunities, you know, there's a point was a point where, uh, you know, some uh, roles were handed to me without having to audition. That's always a wonderful thing because I'm not the type of person I, I auditioning is part of the process. I do not love it. It's it's a strange situation that actors are put in during the audition process. I love doing the work and enveloping a character and bringing that character to life and becoming basically becoming that character. And that is always, you know, an interesting experience doing it in an audition when sometimes you may have like four auditions in a day. Well, it's kind of hard to completely envelop yourself within a character. <laughs> You're running from audition to audition, driving across town. This is, you know, in L.A., a lot of traffic and just trying to make the auditions get in and uh, and become that character for two minutes. I studied comedy with Brad Garrett and uh, Brad is known for Everybody Loves Raymond and which he did a fantastic job on that. And he taught me some interesting uh, comedy 
techniques and comedy skills and I uh, was very thankful that I got to have that experience with him. I studied with Margie Haber. Now, this is a point where I felt like things really started to change for me because Margie is, is a very interesting person. I don't know if she even realizes how much she, of an effect she had on my acting or has had on my acting. So I studied with Margie for a period of time and she's very intuitive. And what really was interesting to me is the way that when she first met me, so you, you have to go audition for her. She has a school and there are various levels to the school the top level being working with her directly. So when I went into audition, um, she told me, she said, Dwight, she said, I'm going to place you just under me, but I'm going to, I'll see you soon. And that was the case. Uh, so I studied with uh, the person directly under the level, directly under her for one class. And then I went to her. And one of the things that she did is, is she like with right away, she like, figured out little quirks that I had or little things that uh, that I was doing that were not quite helping my uh, acting career. And she drew those to my attention. And I will always, always, always be thankful to her for that because no one else had ever done that. And I don't know if it's because they just didn't notice it or if I, I you know, but Margie did. And uh, by her bringing my attention to those things, I was able to get past those things and, and, and uh, stop doing them, which I felt at, helped my acting a great deal. And one of the things that she also taught me was that it's not so much about being something completely different in a role, but it's about finding what is within that character that is a part of you and then bringing it together so that there, there's a, a midpoint of where it, it meets and it's real as compared to trying to just do something that isn't quite real. So, um, so Margie, thank you. If you're listening, uh, I, uh, enjoyed working with you and would work with you again at the drop of a hat. There was a point in my career where I played a detective. Oh gosh. Um, I, I think, what was the name of that show? Um, Betrayed. And so I played a detective uh, on Betrayed. I believe it was for Investigation Discovery. And that has led to me doing a number of detective roles for uh, investigation discovery as well as other uh, channels. And it's it's interesting because it, it's something that I never expected, but I enjoy it quite a bit. And so uh, so I'm always happy when uh, when another role like that comes my way because I, I, I have fun with it. And, uh, and I asked friends, you know, I've asked some friends, I'm like, so did you think like 
10 years ago, I'd be playing like all these detective roles and they're like, no. And uh, so it's just, you never know where uh, things are going to lead you, especially in a non-linear career like acting, where two plus two does not necessarily equal four. You know, with a, like, if you're becoming a doctor, you can pretty much know you can go to school, you can train for this, you can get this degree, and you will end up in this situation. That's not the case with acting. Uh, you really, in this career, in the acting world, you've got to do it because you love it, because there are no guarantees. But it, let me tell you, it is a lot of fun, and I'm so happy every day that I do it. Um, in fact, I love acting so much that I have had uh, a couple of instances where I canceled vacations because I booked uh, a, a cool acting job. And to me, it would have been more fun to do that acting gig than to go on vacation. And so I did the acting gig. So that'll kind of give you an idea about how I feel about acting. At one point in my life, I ended up moving over to Santa Monica. And I lived on 14th Street below Montana, close enough to ride my bike over to the beach, which I did three to four days a week. And I loved it, loved riding up and down the beach, loved Santa Monica, beautiful area, um, close to Malibu, loved driving up into Malibu or down to Venice or it just the, the only thing is, the only downside is that Santa Monica is west of the 405 so to get into la you had horrible traffic so i would tell my agents i'd be like please if you can schedule me outside of uh rush hours right and i say rush hours because it's not rush hour it's rush hours so there's a, a portion of the morning and a portion of the afternoon you do not want to be on that drive and uh, so I told my, my reps, I was like, please, 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 if you can, if it's at all possible, schedule me so when I don't have to deal with that traffic. But when I didn't have to drive into LA and I was just in Santa Monica, I loved it over there. It was fantastic. My mom has uh, been experiencing some health issues. It's like a little bit of a roller coaster here and there. And so I made a decision to come back to Kentucky. So here we get into the, the full circle and the reverse culture shock. So keep in mind, I've lived in L.A. all of these years. Actually, uh, when I moved back to Kentucky, I've been in L.A. more years than I had spent growing up in Kentucky. So it was a very interesting experience coming back and kind of almost feeling a bit like an outsider in the beginning coming back here <laughs> you know i can't still talk like this because this is how i grew up talking when i was raised in hazard kentucky but you know i got rid of that years ago and uh, so although coming back it can tend to creep back in a little bit because you know you're just around other people with the accent uh, for the most part it's just not there like it was when I was growing up. And so I had to get used to the whole uh, idea of Kentucky and what it is again. Now, here's what really surprised me. And this is kind of like why I love the title of, uh, of your show, Michael, in a city like yours. I, when I first moved back, I did it 
for my mom. And I didn't know how long I would be here and I didn't really think that I would enjoy it. But what I found out is that I actually really love it here. And although I couldn't wait to move away when I finished college, I really loved being back. I love the people, the food, the uh, the environment, all the, the green, which you do not have in L.A. Now, don't get me wrong. I love L.A. Both places are my home. L.A. is my home. Kentucky is my home. But uh, they're just very different homes, very different experiences. And at some point in my life, I may move back out to uh, Los Angeles. But what I have been able to do in Kentucky is I have been able to figure out how the industry works here, which is vastly different from L.A. And I love to travel. And one of the things I realized is that uh, in order to make this work from this part of the country, uh, I would have to travel in order to do the type of work that I wanted to do in film and television. Now, I have been to, I visited 23 countries and every state in the U.S. except for two states. So I've been to 23 countries, 48 states. Sweden, Denmark, Italy, and France probably being my favorite. And Denmark, I love because I have a lot of Danish ancestry. Since I have moved to Kentucky, I have worked in New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Malibu, Raleigh, Knoxville, Cincinnati, Louisville, Lexington, Wichita, to name a few. So you can see from the list, it's like <laughs> there's only so much work in, in Louisville, which is the city that I'm near. So I realized very quickly that in order to make this work, I have to be willing to, uh, to travel. And I'm happy doing that because I do love to travel. Now, of course, under the current situation with uh, <clears throat> the pandemic happening, it's uh, everything's kind of shut down and, and it's made things certainly complicated. And hopefully we will be at a point sometime in the not too far future, oh, I hope, where um, we can be working again and uh, not having the, the worries that we have right now in our lives. I'm currently... One of the things that I am working on at the moment, though, a lot of things have been postponed or canceled. Uh, but one of the things I am working on is a um, musical. And the interesting thing about it is it's my first musical ever. So I can certainly sing. I had never done a musical before, and I have been booked in the male romantic lead for a uh, musical called The Day of the White House. And um, the uh, composer is from New York currently, has a show running off Broadway. Um, of course, the show's not running right now because of COVID, uh, but, uh, but the show was running and hopefully will be running again when audiences can come back in. And uh, the uh, uh, writer-director is award-winning. Uh, so, so this is a very interesting experience for me. I'm very comfortable with acting, but this is a whole new animal. And, uh, so it's, instead of having butterflies in my stomach at times, it's a, feels like a bit of terror, but, uh, but like everything else that I approach, you know, I want to be as professional as possible and do a great job. And that is my goal. And, uh, so we, 
have been doing rehearsals by Zoom, which I've learned how to use since we've come into this whole pandemic situation. We did our first in-person rehearsal in recent days, and uh, and, and the uh, director seemed very happy, so that makes me feel very happy. Another interesting thing to happen, another first this year, was... <laughs> So I have done lifestyle modeling for products and for companies, but I've never considered myself uh, uh, like a fashion model. And I booked a uh, high fashion runway show and that was canceled because of COVID. It may possibly be moved to the fall. We shall see. Uh, certainly an interesting experience that I didn't expect. And uh, I, and I would love to do it if it does, uh, if the opportunity does present itself in the fall. So stay tuned for that one. <laughs> and I have an upcoming series with a uh, very recognizable star of a uh, series. I cannot, I'm not at liberty to give the details on the show, but that's been postponed because of, uh, of the pandemic. But, if you, I will say this, if you go to IMDB and my IMDB, you can access by going to imdb.me forward slash Dwight Turner. So imdb.me forward slash Dwight Turner. And there is a listing on there. I'm rumored for the show. And that's all I can say. There's another project called Five Floors, which is, uh, which, well, was supposed to film in the deserts of California. Uh, once again, pandemic so who knows what is going to happen with that project it's just an unfortunate and it's not just my industry it's many industries that are that are feeling the effects of of what is going on in the world right now it's just a, in a very interesting time that we're living in the pact is a uh, series that i did last year and that is my understanding is uh, going to be released this fall. But once again, we're in a certain time, so I'm not sure exactly what's happening there. I did a pilot with Mike Rowe. Great experience. It looked like they put a great deal behind the pilot. I have no idea what's, uh, what's happening with that or when it might be released. Certainly, it's not up to me. Uh, but I would love to see it, uh, it go forward. Um, of all the projects that I've done, though, I, I think probably one of my favorites was playing Dr. Mayberry on Chicago Fire. Claire Simon, they reached out to me for two different roles. One was a guest star, one was a co-star. Uh, I booked uh, the Dr. Mayberry role and uh, went up to uh, to Chicago and filmed that. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I went up there because, you know, Chicago is not Los Angeles. But let me tell you, it was like clockwork. They are so on their game. Everything just went boom, 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 perfect. And it was really a wonderful experience. And um, I, you know, I, I would love to... Uh, to work with the Chicago shows again, Claire, if you're listening, <laughs> bring me back. An interesting thing that I found out recently, actually very recently, uh, you know, you, 
was, people send you stuff from time to time and they're like, oh, have you seen this? And uh, Chicago Fire, the show itself, had compiled and put online a series of Otis's best scenes. And so I played Otis's doctor. And uh, the montage was about a minute and a half long. Uh, and uh, and my scene as Dr. Mayberry uh, was one of the scenes that Chicago Fire picked as Otis's uh, best scenes, which was which was really nice to to see and experience uh, that and feel you know appreciated by the show that that scene that we did together ended up on there. You know, I'm I'm gonna just say that for all of those out there who you know you may be listening hopefully at a point uh, this podcast when things are better with the covid situation right now things look a little a little grim it, it has certainly affected my work this year started off really well i was very excited i mean a bunch of a bunch of projects were lining up and then suddenly it's all just vanishing into to midair because of the pandemic and nothing can be filmed you know so everything is just pushed to sometime in the future or possibly canceled completely it is the situation that it is and hopefully we will be in a better situation soon and i look forward very much forward to the day when we can all be back at work and enjoying our lives like we once did. Yeah, uh, COVID has really, in all aspects of life, has upended so many people's lives. Uh, One thing I noticed uh, about you, and I think it's not just you, but a lot of actors, there's a lot of work goes into uh, your craft, a lot of studying, a lot of taking classes and so forth. Is that something you've been able to do during this uh, pandemic, or is that also affected? Well, and you are correct. There is a lot of work that goes into it. But once again, you know, like I mentioned before, Michael, this is a very nonlinear industry. There are people who come in who have no training whatsoever. And if they just happen to be at the right place at the right time, boom, something lands in their lap and it can really shoot them overnight into a celebrity status or, or stardom, uh, you know, or it could be short lived. They could, you know, have something land in their lap and they could do that project and then never do anything else. The train, I feel that a certain part of what I do is, is talent. It's something that is in you, you are born with. And there is no amount of training, no amount of training that can change that. But training can certainly help, you know, if you, you know, if you, no matter what level of talent that you have, if you get good training, it can improve upon upon what you're working with, your toolbox. I call it my actor's toolbox. So I do think it is important um, during this time period, this downtime with the pandemic, I have been doing some training online. I don't uh, I don't like it. I, I don't I just, I'll just say it. I don't like the online training because you're not there in the room. Uh, it's just not the same level that you get being in the room you know as an actor 
you know, acting is reacting. And I, you know, want to look into that person's eyes that I'm doing that scene with. I want to feel something from from uh, uh, that that other actor or other actors. And you, it's just not the same when you're doing it online. Granted, when you're filming, you want to your work to come across on the on the screen or on the you know the big screen or the television screen, or even now on the phone screen or the uh, iPad or the laptop. Uh, but there's just something about that training process that I think the distance of doing it online makes it not as enjoyable and not as effective. It's not to say that it's not a good thing to continue to get that training. And I have been doing actually a lot of uh, working with uh, casting directors and uh, producers and directors doing Q and A's and kind of like uh, picking their brain. And, you know, now that people don't have a lot to do, people have been more generous about doing these online Q and A's. So I have done some classes online, some Q and A's online, uh, but I would, me personally, I would much prefer to be in the room when, when doing that type of thing. Yeah. uh, Something else that I was thinking of uh, with the pandemic, since you're not doing a lot of physical uh, filming right now, there's a lot of things like with your past uh, performances that you'll probably be getting residuals because they'll be replaying things like the Chicago fire and yes and stuff like yeah. that. So uh, is that something that's really you're, you're okay? I mean, you can, you can survive off of that or does there seem to be a time where you may have to, you know, get, get the second job, uh, wait tables or whatever, you know, just to make <laughs> ends meet. Well, uh, God, God luckily, forbid. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I have I have never waited tables. I not 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 that I'm uh, saying that that's a, a bad thing, but it just is something I never did. I, you know, I am a, I'm a full time actor, and I enjoy being a full time actor. Having all of these jobs taken away during this pandemic period has uh, has not been fun and does make things more difficult. Um, I do get residuals and that is uh, is helpful, but it's not what I would make actually, you know, doing doing these various jobs. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm not going to complain, though, because I know people, there are people out there who are in much worse situations. And uh, and I have a lot of sympathy for for those people who uh, who are sometimes re- reaching dire situations where, you know, they're they're in the situation now where you know, they may be uh, running out of money or running out of unemployment or, you know, have medical bills that, that are piling up. Who knows? They might be getting sick. Uh, and so so I'm not going to be the one to complain. I'm just going to say that, you know, it's, it's just the situation that the world is facing right now. And we all just have to, you know, to get through this. And hopefully there will be a time where we can look back on this and say, man, 2020 was a worst year ever, but we're past it. Yeah, uh, for years like I hope that uh, 
that this pandemic ends soon. I mean, it's it's really crazy, and we're going through another uprise. So, uh, it's, yes. it's really unfortunate. Um, and in and in Kentucky, in Kentucky, Kentucky was doing really well, and all of a sudden we're having um, a, a spike, and not not anything close to what's happening in Florida, California you know, or, or Texas, but still, you know, it's in, and for me personally, my personal story of coming back here to Kentucky to, uh, you know, help with my mom's situation that she does have some underlying health issues, you know, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, well, if I got COVID, I'd probably be fine, but would my mom, you know, and, yeah. uh, yeah, I understand that because I live with my mother. She's 85, and we kind of take care of each other. And I'm 58, um, but she's 85 with one and a half lungs and high blood pressure and diabetes. So mm-hmm. I'm in fear mm-hmm. of bringing something home to her. You know, I, yeah. I may I may not could survive, and you know, and it's more it's less likely that she could. So you know, as far as our quarantine, we quarantine. We do not leave the house. If I buy wow. grocery, if I buy groceries, it's it's curbside and you know, as little exposure as possible. The The pandemic is not as bad. I'm in northwest Louisiana and Shreveport. It's mm-hmm. not as bad here as it is in south Louisiana. Uh, down in yeah. New Orleans, it's worse. It's a bigger city and, you know, and everything else. But uh, still, it's, it's, it's a worry. So Yeah, I, so, can, I can hear a little bit of that Louisiana accent. Oh, yeah, I don't even try to hide it anymore. I just, you know... <laughs> What, something I was going to ask you that I find interesting is that you work for Disney, and I've always wondered what that was like. Uh, now, now you work for Disney in the aspect of being an actor, so how does that work? Well, well, let's let's take a step back from that though. Um, so I, I worked for Disney, and the aspect of being a cast member. So, in other words, when I was captain of Jungle Cruise. So that is an attraction. So I was a cast member for that attraction. Now, when I auditioned for Main Street Let Go Light Parade and was and was booked for that, that was to be an actual performer. But like I said, though, I didn't stay and do that. I made a decision to I did the audition, and but I made a decision to come back and finish college, which I looking back on, it, I think was the right decision for for me to make uh, uh but the uh, i will say this though the uh, audition process so keep in mind i was not a professional actor at that point and that was the first time i'd ever been in a, a big uh, audition uh, uh process like that so the first professional audition i did was when i booked that commercial in la but this audition for uh disney well, I guess I guess you could consider that a professional audition, uh, but I didn't have representation or anything at the time. It was just you know an a, a open call that I went to, as com- compared to a uh, professional audition where you you know you have a time and a slot. And uh, so they this audition took place in a big gymnasium, and I remember they they formed everyone into two lines, and they said <laughs> they said. Okay, we want you to do the. They showed us these moves, and they said we want you to go across the gym floor two at a time and do these moves, and then we'll either motion to the left or the right. And and if you get motion to the right, that means you uh, stay. If you get motion to the left, then then you know you uh, you can, can go ahead and, and uh, head back home. But we appreciate you coming in. And 
so when it, I was so nervous, gosh, I was so nervous back then. And I remember going across that floor of the gymnasium. And when I got to the other side, they sent the other guy uh, home and she looked at me and she looked and she looked and she wasn't, she didn't do this with anybody else. So she just kept staring and she had her hand like on, on her chin or her fingers on her chin. And she was like, you know, what's your name? And I said, you know, Dwight. And she said, Dwight, she said, I want you to just go back, go back to where you started. I want you to do it again. But this time I want you to smile really good. And so I went back and I like gave this big smile and across and did it. And then I ended up getting booked. Uh, but I, just, oh my gosh, you just brought that, that memory to my mind uh, from so many years ago. It was a fun experience. I enjoyed working for Disney. I have a friend down there now who is a Disney Imagineer that uh, I became friends with when, from years ago and uh, went down actually last fall uh, with a uh, friend of mine and we hung out with him for the day and she was completely enamored because she was like, oh my gosh, we're hanging out with a Disney Imagineer. And you know, he's telling us like stories about like the different rides and stuff. And, and uh, it was cool, it was a cool experience. Uh, I, you know, I like Disney. Um, it's an interesting environment. Working for you know Walt Disney World in the parks is is a different experience than working for Disney Studios, uh, but um, but it was a really fantastic way to spend a semester of college as part of that Walt Disney World College program.